Blog Talk Radio. practice. 
So how useful is the, is this skill, would you say? I mean, certainly it has great use for the military and for um, spying. What about for ordinary life? You know, that's an excellent question. Um, that's one of the, the questions that, that I myself had. I mean, it's one thing to use remote viewing as an intelligence-gathering asset, and it's another to be able to put it to use on everyday life. And one of the things that I did find is that um, learning remote viewing can have an enormous impact on your spiritual life. Um, when you when you realize that you are more than just this bag of water that has some interesting chemical compounds in it, that you are able to transcend time and space at will. You know, it it brings about a a greater uh, appreciation for spiritual life. And some of, to be honest, some of the uh, techniques that you learn in remote viewing, you can use um, to help increase your creative abilities. Um, there are techniques such as mind mapping and thought incubation that can be used um, to enhance creativity. So that that can be used in in your everyday uh, business, let's say, or uh, company. Um, can you uh, speak a little closer to the telephone, please? Are you speaking? Sure, I can do that. No uh, problem. A little bit, yeah. Uh, what I wanted to ask you: are, are you familiar with the Montauk Project? Um, Montauk Project sounds familiar. Well, uh, the reason I asked was because um, we were um, a friend of ours who was on our show for years uh, for he passed away. Um, I did a Friday night with George Dixon, was a, a survivor, basically, uh, of the Montauk Project. But uh, Peter Moon, who was a, uh, uh, the author of Sky Books, uh, wrote a series uh, on the Montauk Project, which was a government project in Montauk, uh, Long Island, and uh, an underground project which was dealing with mind control, dealing with uh, remote viewing, dealing with uh, UFOs, dealing with, uh, you know, time travel, and uh, all of these projects, all of this was, was integrated into this one massive uh, government program, which was called the Montauk Project, and it went on from the 80s into the early 90s until it was dissolved, um, then because of uh, a series of, of mishaps um, uh, that, that came from it, and a lot of bad press developed around it, but... but uh, my my question to you is that if you were involved with the CIA, which was heavily involved with this Montauk project, did you ever did you ever uh, did any of this? And and of course Morehouse, I am surprised that in that in that period of time he wasn't somehow involved with the Montauk research uh, because well, uh, they were doing so much of, of that type of work uh, on the, in, in Montauk. Right. Well, you have to understand that all of these different projects, when they were active, were highly compartmentalized so that someone who was involved in the uh, Stargate project probably would not be aware of something like the Montauk project because intelligence services, by and large, like to keep their programs <coughs> compartmentalized. And this is to reduce you know, the possibility that foreign intelligence services will find out about them. So it doesn't surprise me that neither myself or Dave might have no, known or been involved in anything like that. Right. Um, I, because basically they, they were greatly involved with UFO studies as well and transdimensional uh, uh, travel. Uh, just so many things that, 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 were, that were, came out of that project that I was very surprised that... Uh, you being involved with the military and the SEALs and everything, that, 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 that those projects didn't cross, crisscross or come into your attention somehow. Well, uh, well anyway, you know, to be honest with you, yeah, well, to be honest with you, it actually might have. Yeah. Um, if the Montauk Project was involved in UFO research and some of the other things that you spoke about, um, I know that a number of the military remote viewers were given targets that were along those lines. Mm 
so that what may have been happening is simply one project was ascertaining whether or not the other project was actually seeing something that could be duplicated. And they may not have been told what actually they were doing. In many cases, the military remote viewers never received any feedback on the targets that they were given. Um, I was going to ask, like anything else, you know, if, if you're working for the military or you're working for the CIA, there's always, or any secret agency, or any kind of research that you do that um, is exceptional like this, it can be used in a positive way or it can be used in a negative way. I mean, how, how did that possibility affect you that you could be contributing to something actually that wouldn't be used to further positive goals of humanity? Well, I think if, you know, that's an excellent question. I think that all of the remote viewers that I've met and dealt with, uh, Dave Morehouse, Lynn Buchanan, Paul H. Smith, Skip Atwater, uh, Joe McMonagall, and so on, um, they all had this idea in mind that this is a human ability that should be used to enhance human abilities and human performance. Um, I believe that's the reason, or at least one of the reasons, why Dave Morehouse wrote his seminal book, uh, Psychic Warfare, or Psychic Warrior. And that was to get the word out about remote viewing, that it should be used to help mankind and not be used as simply a, an intelligence gathering asset. Yeah. He felt no, that, not. as do many of the remote viewers, that this is a technology that should be available to anyone. Mm-hmm. Now, in your in your remote viewing, uh, we see we 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 deal we deal with uh, with several psychics uh, on a show of tremendous powers uh, uh, to uh, see uh, on other other dimensions, and uh, people cross over, you know, the soul travel. And have have you in your remote viewing, uh, have you identified this the 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 other dimensions? This other the other uh, things are is, is this become mostly a? Uh, I, I I was looking at your meditations. I was looking at your some of your some of the things that you were doing, and it seems like it's more of a it's a very uh, meditative um, state that you that you get into and um and then you're using a number of symbols to um to identify what's going what you know to, to identify things whether you think right um, i can't explain this too well to the audience here I'm reading oh. your book um and not understanding what you what you were doing uh, yeah explain explain how you were using like for instance, uh, one of the interesting things where, where you, right at the beginning of the book, you talked about uh, using a computer uh, 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 di- not diagram, but a computer program, if you will, to uh, dis- to determine the stock market. All right, and uh, right. and and uh, and how they were using remote viewing uh, to to predict the stock market. How uh, how did uh, Explain how you modeled that uh, the imagery around uh, how you, how you created that uh, right. imagery allowed you to go up to see this, the rise and the fall of the market. Okay, well you have to understand that remote viewing, with all of its advantages, does have a certain limitation, mm-hmm. and so it's not really possible for let's say a remote viewer to look ahead in time and let's say you know come up with the, the, uh, the, the lottery numbers, for instance, for the pick right. six or whatever. Because it's just really hard for remote viewers to be able to read things or um, uh, pick out numbers and letters. Not that it can't be done. It can't. It's just difficult. So what they decided to do was, um, in order to use it for um, 
to determine what a particular stock was going to do, they decided to use a technique called associative remote viewing. And all that is is simply to assign to a particular outcome of a stock option or something like that uh, a picture. So that let's say you wanted to look ahead in time maybe a month to see what a particular stock option was going to do. You would assign a picture, let's say a waterfall, to the stock option staying the same or falling. And let's say you would choose like a picture of a mountain, for instance, as the result that um, the stock option would rise, okay? So that you have essentially a choice between two pictures, one of which is assigned a certain outcome, which is the stock staying the same or falling, and this other picture uh, being assigned the outcome that the stock is going to rise. So what you do is you have the remote viewer who is unaware of either picture look ahead in time one month and to try and ascertain what picture he is going to be shown in one month time, either picture X or picture Y, based on what happens to that stock option. So let's say the... Um, the remote viewer looks ahead in time, and he sees a picture of a waterfall. It becomes really strong for him. So he writes down the fact that, well, I see this waterfall. It's uh, very powerful, and it's very strong. So then uh, the, um, the people who are involved show him the two pictures. They don't tell him which one is he is assigned to, you know, or what outcome is assigned to either picture. He, they just ask him, well, which picture looks like the picture you are going to be shown in the future. And, of course, the remote viewer will look at it and decide, well, it doesn't look like a mountain, it looks more like a waterfall. So he says, I believe that the picture that you're going to show me when you find out what the stock option is going to do in one month is going to be that of the picture of the waterfall. Hmm. So with that information in mind, the people who have assigned this target know that the remote viewer has looked ahead in time and believes that he is going to be shown as his feedback the picture of the waterfall, meaning that that stock option in one month is going to fall. So they make wow. their associated trades based on that. And then in one month, when they do find out what actually happens, they show the remote viewer the picture of the the outcome that was that actually happened. So if, let's say, in one month time, the stock actually does fall, they show them, uh, show the, the remote viewer the picture of the uh, waterfall, which, of course, was a correct viewing. Now, it's not 100% accurate every once in a while. Um, for whatever reason, we aren't exactly sure why, they will view the other picture instead, and it will be an incorrect incorrect outcome. But no. studies have been done on associative remote viewing, and in 75, upwards, as much as 85% of the time, depending upon which group is doing it, uh, it has been accurate, and people have made quite a bit of money on it. Can I, I, I want to just mention that um, we had a good friend on our program uh, for a number of years, uh, Bill Marshall, who was a cosmobiologist, and uh, he made some phenomenal predictions as an astrologer. And one of them, which I wanted to mention, is one, one that you foresaw, which was the, uh, uh, the attack on the World Trade Center. He predicted that that would happen a year before it did, and he put it out in the paper. It was actually published in a newspaper uh, in Connecticut here, uh, Ritual Times, and uh, stated that uh, the... Uh, that uh, the, 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 he predicted that the, New York, the World Trade Center would be attacked uh, and, uh, at, and in, on 9-11 and at mm -hmm. 8.46 in the morning. That was how accurate his prediction was. And, I, and he had predicted that a year before, based on George Bush's inauguration chart. Okay? Uh, and he, uh, uh, and he, he made tremendous predictions. Uh, like that, but uh, he also he also predicted the downfall of Saddam Hussein to the day, just about. Okay, 
and uh, what would happen in, in Iraq uh, prior to our invasion of Iraq. Uh, so it was, it was, his predictions were remarkable uh, that he could do. But what I wanted to mention was that how uh, did in, in any of your cases did you did were you did you refer at all to the tarot cards or any of the ancient uh, 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 fortune teller type of programs? Or, uh, Techniques. Tactics, you know, because yeah. uh, one uh, one thing that we did uh, that uh, I have, uh, I've done, but also um, our uh, famous uh, our uh, one of our good friend uh, Maria Algieri is a tarot reader and a tremendous psychic, but uh, who also counseled nine one one for survivors. But the the amazing thing is is that. Uh, as a psychic, she can predict these amazing things as well, all right. And as a as as a tarot reader, the tarot cards are remarkable, remarkable predictions of the future, all right. Right. Um, and, uh, well, and, and any of that is any of that related? I I didn't see any of it in the in your uh, uh, relationship to any of it in the book, but I wondered how if any of that. Uh, those techniques, or if any of those, um, um, I'm not sure how to explain it, any of those talents were um, uh, incorporated in the remote viewing program. Well, actually, um, although I've never learned how to use tarot cards, um, the fact of the matter is is that uh, the Stargate program had two individuals that did use tarot cards as part of their remote viewing techniques. Now, this this wasn't generally known. Um, no, most of the remote viewers that were involved in the program used either one of two types of remote viewing, one is, which is known as controlled or coordinate remote viewing, and the other one is extended remote viewing. And these two techniques, or methodologies, if you will, were the primary modes a remote viewing used in the program. However, they did have two women who were brought onto the project who were tarot card readers and used that as their method of remote viewing, as their method of applied consciousness, if you will. It's amazing how, and, how accurate a good reader can be. Um, in fact, uh, I was taught uh, by, uh, and, I, and I predicted, and it's on my website, I actually predicted the, uh, was able to predict the uh, uh, Obama's uh, uh, presidency over McCain. This looking, mm-hmm. viewing at the, the two cards, the two the, the two lays uh, on John McCain and on Barack Obama, and I, with the question posed, and I could tell based on the layout of the cards uh, exactly who was going to win. All right, and right. Obama, you know, won, and that was uh, that that I predicted, and uh, it came out. Mm-hmm. But the tarot cards are so frighteningly accurate, they can be, that uh, uh, for, the, for the reader. Sure. That I, I had to actually stop reading them myself because they, uh, they, 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 they actually frighten me. Uh, they, hmm. Their accuracies frighten me. Uh, well, you have to understand that these are different technologies, all of which are designed right. to be used sure. by the practitioner, you know, to be able to do uh, the things. No, but that for you to be able to see Right, or right. You to be able exactly. To and you see things you really would rather not know, okay? Uh, especially if you look, if you're doing it for yourself and looking for your at your future potential uh, things, or outcome, and and uh, things that you uh, could predict or or could uh, avoid possibly. But uh, the future has a strange way of of uh, not being avoided. You know, certain parts, certain karmic uh, aspects. And I wanted to ask you, because you did mention this, I wanted to ask how reincarnation uh, played in, in your, in, in the, uh, the aspect of reincarnation played in the remote viewing. Um, okay. Well, you know, it's interesting because I'm not a particularly religious person. I'm a spiritual one, though. And when I was in Dave Morehouse's class, I I wanted to ask him, you know, were remote viewers ever targeted on, let's say, past lives, for instance? 
mm-hmm. had they ever been able to find out if we have lived previous lives. And his answer was was that, yes, actually, some of the military remote viewers had been given that as a target. And what they reported back was the fact that when they looked into a previous life along their soul, it was like looking in a mirror reflected in another mirror. I mean, these previous lives went off as far as they could see into the past. There was no resolution. And when they looked ahead into the future as to lives that they would be living in the future, once again, it was the same effect. It was like looking into a mirror reflected in another mirror. These different lives went off as far as they could see into the future without resolution. Now, for you, they, they were able to view this. They were able, actually able to see this in their own method. Yes. But did they go through a past life regression uh, and a hypnosis, or did they go through some uh, some other kind of um, technique? No. Well, actually, they used the remote viewing protocols, and they weren't told what they were doing. Um, what they were told simply was to view the target um, that was assigned to a set of random numbers called coordinates. And it was the project manager who had assigned those coordinates to the question of whether or not they had lived previous lives. And so when they did the remote viewing, they actually looked along the timeline of their own soul so that they are reporting back the idea that, yes, you have lived countless lives in the past and you will live countless lives into the future. Now, they didn't target any one particular life as you would, let's say, in a past life regression. Rather, they were looking at the meta question, if you will, of whether or not we do live previous lives or have lived previous lives and will live countless lives in our future. And now, that have was you, the question that have we you given. lived your own life that way since you're able to do remote viewing? Have you, well, you know, one of the, Yeah, actually, um, you have to understand that remote viewing is done in the dark meaning that the remote viewers themselves are never told what the target is. Okay, They are simply given two sets of numbers or letters or however you want to give these coordinates as a point of focus for their, um, their viewing so that they aren't contaminated with any other thoughts that they might have or personal opinions, if you will, so that their viewing is done... Uh, pristine, if you will, not um, contaminated. So they were never told that that's what they were doing, was looking on the timeline of their soul. But the project manager who assigned them these targets did what is called a uh, an open search inward. And what that basically is, is giving you coordinates that are assigned to the concept of you viewing your past or your future so that you get sent to some place randomly on the timeline of your soul, rather in the past or into the future, and you view that so that you can come back and relate what your experience was. And then, of course, you get your feedback saying that, well, you know, if you're having difficulties trying to figure out exactly what you were viewing, you were sent to view a place somewhere on the timeline of your own soul, past or present or future. Now, would you be able to alter your timeline by entering into it? Now, that's an interesting question, a very interesting question. That was one of the questions I brought up when I had um, my accidental viewing of 9-11. 96 hours before it actually happened. I mean, if you look at quantum mechanics or quantum physics, you know, does the, in in these science uh, principles, when you look at a process, you cause that process to coalesce into one possibility, okay? Right. All possibilities are encompassed until you observe that those possibilities. And when that happens, it coalesces into a single outcome. Well, 
my question to the remote viewers was, well, if you look ahead in time and you see an event, does the very by the very idea of actually seeing that event happen in the future, does that cause that future to happen? So what did they so, say? Well, that's interesting because we don't really know exactly whether it does or it doesn't. Um, it depends upon what viewpoint you have in terms of how this universe works. There's one point of view that says that, yes, if this is an observation, this causes this particular outcome to happen. There are other uh, viewpoints that say, well, all you are doing is looking ahead and seeing a future, one of many possible futures that is going to happen. If you look at the many worlds theory of quantum mechanics, every outcome, every potentiality is a, is an actual event that does happen. It's just that all these different events that occur uh, happen in different universes. So that, let's say, if you looked ahead in time to, let's say, the 9-11 incident, for instance, mm-hmm. and you saw the, the airplanes crashing into the buildings, and you, this is what you report back, and it actually happens. Well, there are other universes contiguous with our own where that didn't happen. It's just that our particular experience is of the universe where it, do, it where it does happen. So when you get into these concepts of quantum mechanics, it sometimes gets very difficult to understand exactly what is happening so because what they aren't actually sure. So what you're saying is that there are other yous in all these other universes who may be not experiencing 9-11. Exactly, exactly. So there are multiple possibilities of your own existence simultaneously? Simultaneously. And we don't experience these universes, even though they are contiguous with our own, because each one of these different universes is rotated orthogonally to our universe. So there is no communication um, ostensibly between them. So you are never aware of your other selves experiencing these other aspects of your life unless you use conscious, applied consciousness techniques like remote viewing, whereby you can visit these other universes. And then when you do access that other you, You'd be looking at it. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of fascinating. Well, that, that's the doppelganger. Yes, yeah, right. Doppelganger exactly. Right. And I and I portray one of those experiences in the book, where I was looking at myself undergoing this other life, mm. and it's a really mind-bending experience because it you really look is. not only through your own eyes at yourself, you are also seeing through that other person, that other you's eyes as well. At the same time, I think I think the fascinating one of the most fascinating experiences I ever had was was through a, a conscious um, past life regression, which is uh, self hypnosis, and uh, seeing myself in those different life uh, in those different uh, past lives, uh, mm-hmm. seeing myself, uh, seeing my death, and seeing seeing my different different things. Um, Overwhelmed me that, that how 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 bizarre it was, but I could see, and I and I didn't really I didn't did did you see yourself exactly like you look now, or did you see yourself in a familiar? Uh, uh, I knew it was me. I mean, it wasn't exactly me, but I knew it was me. It looked similar to me enough that I could recognize myself in a crowd, let's say. Yeah. But yeah. there was some subtle differences in myself when I was right. looking at myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true, and, and it, there was, but, it, you know, you look, there was a period in the 1800s that I experienced, a period in the 1700s, a period in the 1600s, and I went all the way back to a period uh, in the Roman uh, times, and, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> through these different regressions, but I could still see myself, all right? I could still see that it was me uh, yes. in these different 
different peer people. Is it is it the energy that you recognize? Is it the soul. it's the, the soul, soul the soul energy that you it's recognize? It's the soul. Yes, exactly, exactly. You have to understand that past life regression is simply a way for you to dip into the universal unconsciousness of the quantum wave function of of our existence. And you uh, always have that ability. And all this is is simply a way of 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 accessing this information is by this either in your case, which was a past life regression, or in my case, which was, you know, the use of remote viewing. It's a way now, that you, you can get into have, this um, type of thing. Do you have a different view of your of yourself in relation to the universe and spirituality than you did before you went on this journey? Oh my God! <laughs> Very much so. Holy, I mean, it was a near knockout blow, I would say, because prior to learning remote viewing, I really didn't know what was going to happen to me or what had happened to me in my past. As far as I knew, as far as my experience was, you know, I was born and I became an adult. And then in the future, I knew that I would die. But as to what happened to me afterwards, I wasn't sure. I mean, there was religious dogma on one hand, and then there was the the realist position, if you will, on the other hand, where, you know, when you die, that's it. And I didn't know. But I wanted to know very much Mm -hmm. so. And so when I got into remote viewing, then I realized it was at that time that the lives that we live are only one of many such lives, that we live countless lives into the past, and we will live countless lives into the future, and even more mind-bendingly, we are living countless lives right now and aren't even aware of it. So, yes, and so death, is merely a door that you walk through. It isn't the the end of everything. Even quantum mechanics states that you cannot destroy information. Well, that information has to go somewhere. Or, or energy, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You cannot destroy or create energy. It has to be transformed, and that's what happens. Death is simply a transformation onto a different existence. Were you, the uh, uh, I wanted to mention to you that um, uh, another remarkable thing that I, that I experienced, but I didn't know if you had heard about this, but uh, karmic, um, well, we, we dealt with the reincarnation uh, aspect, but karmic astrology, um, this, uh, I had a remarkable reading done by uh, uh, Joan Kelgan, who was a, a very, very skilled um, uh, astrologer and uh, from Florida, and she, she has, uh, she can actually, she states that well, she reads your your your, your karmic um, astrological chart, which is saying that how you actually she she says that that we all volunteer to come back as whoever it is we are. We choose our parents, we choose our 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 everybody, and we choose to come back to correct our karma. Okay. And uh, on our for our spiritual journey, if you will, but being an immortal, being immortal, being immortal spirits, uh, we have an eternity to 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 uh, to correct our karma. But everybody comes back to Earth or into some other uh, another dimension or another planetary kind of thing. But humans are mm-hmm. more uh, able to. They come back and reincarnate. To correct their karmic uh, selves, you know, to, to right. correct something in their spirit. Uh, on their well, journey. you know, it's interesting. It's interesting because one of the things that the remote viewers learned when they were when they were sent um, to find out whether or not we had lived past lives was the fact that they tried to look ahead to see, you know, what was the purpose behind all of this. And the only thing that they could really report on with any real confidence was the fact that there is a destiny. They didn't know what it was, but there was a destiny. There was a reason why there were all these different existences. And that the fact that that we do live countless lives into the future and into, into the past and in the present 
all had something to do with whatever destiny there was. But the remote viewers were not able to resolve what that destiny was. That was forbidden to them, and they, and that was the feeling that they got, that they could not find out what that destiny was because there was a a limit, if you will, or a, a barrier that they could not penetrate to find out what that that ultimate destiny for each of us is. Now, have you ever talked about um, your experience with religious people, people who are in the business of God and destiny? They were, yeah, you had an issue that in the book where you mm-hmm. said that a lot of the a lot of the fundamentalists, Christians, and so on, uh, tried to uh, in Congress tried to kill the, the remote viewing project. That's true. That, yeah. But you have to remember. I mean, if I was doing remote viewing 200 years ago or 300 years ago, I would have been burned at the stake as a witch, you know? Okay? So it's not um, inconceivable that some people with a a very um, fundamentalist view would consider something like remote viewing as being evil or, you know, Satanist. But I'll tell you something. One of the people that was in Dave's classes was an ordained Catholic minister, a priest. Hmm. And his feeling was, after he had gone through the program, because, as you say, he wanted to know, too. He wanted to find out whether or not this was evil, whether this was an expression of Satan, or whether or not this was a legitimate human experience. And it was his understanding when he went through the the training for remote viewer that it brought him closer to God. Because as he put it, you know, this is actually an expression of the Bible. The Bible says man was created in the image of God. And this spark of remote viewing is the spark of divinity in each of us. Because we can be, through this power of remote viewing, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. We can be in more than one place at, at the same time. We can view distance in space and time, into the past, into the future. We can transcend, you know, millions of miles. I mean, I stood on the surface of Mars and was actually able to accurately report on what I was seeing. And when you look at that, you know, this is actually, according to this Catholic priest, an expression of each of our um, divine connection with the Creator. So he now, felt it was a very positive experience. Yes. How are you using remote viewing today? Well, you know, um, I work with a retired naval intelligence um, analyst by the name of Amy Waters Yarsinski, and we work on various projects together, some of which have to do with... Um, MIAs and POWs, and we also work on selected law enforcement uh, projects. Oh, have you been successful with these? Uh, I know that uh, they're trying to find that uh, fallen pilot, uh, um, I forget his name, Spectre, I believe it was. Uh, Spiker, that was a, yes. That was a failure for you, but um, what? how have you done with the other MIAs and, um, and the other... Um, well, the only one that I can actually comment on, because the other ones are... are um, Classified? Yeah. Um, is um, Bo Bergdahl. We worked on his particular uh, situation and was were able to report back to his uh, condition at the time that they were trying to get him back, and also on his location. Um, Have you worked on but, that missing... Missing plane that uh, went off over. Oh, yeah. The one, has anybody worked on that one? Uh, I don't know. Um, I myself, no, I've not been targeted on that. No one has approached me to, to, to do a search for that. Uh, that particular aspect. So, no. But you did mention but, that something uh, got me, and that was the, uh, um, how, you know, how the government does distort things. And uh, the oh. problem is, yeah. Um, yeah, I talk about that in the book. How they, how they, uh, we, basically we, lied about what happened to uh, uh, Captain Spiker. 
Um, and we we were actually correct in when at the time when we uh, did the viewing on behalf of his family uh, for the VFW, and we reported in 2003 that he was still alive at the time. He was battered and and disheveled and stuff, but he was still alive. And hey, Amy said we were correct at that point. Right, you had mentioned that you had seen them in the uh, Bedouin camp. Iraq. Um, I believe that at, during the time that we were seeing him, that he may have been already captured at that time. I'm not sure whether he had been captured or not by that by 2003 when we. Reverend, you also him. mentioned, uh, which is interesting, the Tulman. How that reminded you of the Tulman case, and. Uh, oh yeah. And boy, I, uh, we were. Uh, we see, Lila and I have been. We've been on radio and doing television and investigations for since. Uh, 19, this is actually 2000, and uh, <coughs> we, uh, well, but uh, the, the, we've covered so many conspiracies and so many of these things that, uh, and looked at them from all kinds of angles, from the spiritual to the, you know, the hardcore reality of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, broadcasts and, uh, and, and news, but we, uh, we found that um, we can't believe anything they tell us, you know, not a day You know, that's day. a sad comment on our times. You know, when you yeah, can't even believe okay. what the yeah, government is telling. Yeah. It's like they make up news. They they, they create things. They, they uh, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's not different than when, when I laughed when Brian Williams got, got fired from uh, NBC. Um, oh, you know, yeah. For, for, you know, for lying about his, about his uh, stories in Iraq, you know. And it was like, it was, it was like. Well, well it's endemic, yeah. It's well, endemic in the he, culture. Yeah, I mean, all he—I mean, he didn't see anything wrong with it because that's the culture of the of of the uh, exactly. Uh, it's the, that's the culture in mainstream. You know, you get so involved in lies and lies and lies that yeah. the yeah. distinction between truth and fiction becomes really messed up. Oh, it's terrible. And when you have a government that's willing to, you know, dissemble at will, then this is the thing that happens. And you get a, you know, you get a distancing between the government of the people and the people. With your work so close to, you worked in the police departments and you worked for the, uh, uh, in the military. I mean, you've seen this up front and center. I mean, in all your work and how how you, um, you've been able to, uh, well, you know. Be okay. Be okay. You know, come I'm out sure of it. you've come seen a lot of, of horrible things. But you've seen, you've, you've, you've seen a true. lot. But you've also, mm-hmm. you've also uh, seen a lot of internal stuff and, uh, and you know, forced to do things that, uh, you know, you, you don't believe are right or you don't believe are, uh, you know. Uh, well, you know, I'll tell you something. That's one of the, the really good things about remote viewing is that in learning remote viewing, it reaffirmed my belief in the essential spiritual goodness of humanity. I mean, as a police officer, you are exposed to outrages um, every day. And yeah. even when it would, it would actually help to tell the truth, people will lie to you. They always lie to you when you are a police officer. And, you know, it's when you get lied to so much as a police officer, you tend to start believing that everyone you deal with is dissembling. Everybody that you deal with is is a liar. Yeah. And it can have a real negative impact on your your contacts with civilians. But one of the things that I found is is that when I got into remote viewing is that it reaffirms the fact that, you know, most people aren't bad. Most people are actually got a good heart, and it was but, a very positive experience. But on the other hand, there's a lot of people that aren't. Oh, there's no question about that. You know, it, it's <laughs> that's one of the things that was brought forth to me is the fact that there is good and and there is evil in the world. Some real evil out there, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, now did again, you see? Did you see dealing that with the spirit, with, with yeah, the, dealing with the spiritual aspects of things? You, you really. I, I can see where you have broadened, 
how, how, how that experience broadened your, your entire outlook. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, I didn't quite hear you. What did you say? I wanted to ask you, did you actually see evil when you were uh, involved in remote viewing, and did you have any scary experiences? Um, Evil. You know, I personally did not. But I do know that a number of the military remote viewers did have experience with the true evil, if you will, in the matrix of all creation during you know remote viewing sessions. Uh, Dave Morehouse, as a matter of fact, talked about his experiences with these evil creations or these evil entities that exist as discarnate beings in um, this psychospace or uh, that we call the matrix of all creation. You know, there is right. definitely evil there. No question about yeah. it. Did that scare you? Uh, it scared him. And I'm sure that if, if I had been uh, in that particular arena at the time, it would have scared me too. Because these were definitely creatures that were true expression of evil. You know, not you know partially bad and partially good like we see in most criminals, but rather you were talking a pure expression of evil. And that would be scary on any level. I would like to uh, ask you if you have ever heard of uh, Neville Goddard. Uh, he was a mystic that worked around the, that worked in the United States in the uh, and uh, in the uh, during the 60s and 70s, and uh, passed away in the 70s. But he w he wrote a number of number of books, and uh, one of the one of his best books, uh, The Power of Awareness, and the other book that he wrote was Thinking Fourth Dimensionally, Thinking in the Fourth Dimension. And hmm. what he no, was I'm able familiar to, with him. Oh yeah, if you go to uh, if you go to Amazon, uh, his books are all most of them are available and they're very inexpensive paperbacks. Some of them are very small, uh, like you know anywhere from fifty to one hundred and fifty pages. But the, 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 his work is brilliant in that what he sees, what what he worked on his whole his whole career, and what he gave workshops as uh, Morehouse did. On, but it wasn't so much in remote, remote viewing as it was in uh, visualization and, and, mm -hmm. and enhancing the imagination so that what he did was teach you how to create your own, to create the reality which you desire or how we create our reality, be it good, bad, or, or indifferent, by simply by our imaginations and, mm -hmm. and what we focus on and give full awareness to is what uh, is uh, manifest, okay? And how we can alter our 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 lives and alter our our destinies by 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 that simple power of of, of awareness. And that power of awareness is understanding, which is something that I'm sure you uh, found was the core of your being, the center of you of your of your soul. Uh, yeah, actually, you know that was one of the that was one of the key aspects of David Morehouse's teaching. Exactly, exactly what you were talking about is this idea exactly. where you are a co-creator of your existence. Exactly, and but what the difference is is that the, the it, this this is a fascinating thing that Goddard says is I I so recommend because what you've been in. You, this, this would be such a powerful uh, experience for you to read his books. Uh, one is The Promise, another is for Thinking Fourth Dimensionally, and the other is uh, The Power of Awareness. And there's there's about ten other books that he wrote uh, that period. But uh, Neville uh, Goddard, G-O-D-D-A-R-D. But the I'll have to look the, them up. Yeah, please. It's on Amazon. They're all on Amazon. Okay. But if you if you go yeah, it sounds like a it sounds like he talks a lot about the same things that Dave Morehouse he does about he does but what but that, what he uh, does he is that he focuses on the center of your soul and he rewrites okay what he does is he takes he takes all of the great works especially the Bible and he shows how the how the Christ story is aren't simply about ourselves the Christ is us. Okay, we are the center of the universe. Okay, we are God. Okay, 
God, there is a creator. There is a great creator. But he's saying, the only, but we are the creator. Everything that the Christ we story, the, what the Christ story is, is a reflection of ourselves at the highest state that we can be. Okay? And all of these, all of the, what Christ was, is, it was, was a metaphor. Okay? Used to, to, to show our, the, 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 the way to reach your center core, the I am. Oh, I agree. I agree with you completely on that. That was one of the you things would, that you would, uh, you Dave touched on. You would really, really would. I, I found it, and it's the kind of work that you read over and over and over a dozen times just because mm-hmm. that, you'll, you'll learn something so phenomenal uh, each time. You want to memorize the entire 100-page book, you know what I mean? Just, just to but keep you also on. have, you also it, have it's a light. remember in that Christ story that he was crucified by the Political powers of the which time, is exactly, which I mean, is exactly the case. You know, which which is, I wonder, will always be. You, you know, know, remote viewing and its possibilities. Sure. You know, will be will be kept away from most people because it would create so much freedom. Well, you know, you know, one of exactly. the one of the past lives that I that I saw myself in <laughs> was 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 uh, was so frightening, but it was so wild. Is I was a I was a Knights Templar who had been tortured by the Catholic Church, right? And I could see myself in that state of having been destroyed and released, not killed, but just thrown out as a beggar. All right, that, that was one of my um, and and one eye blinded by by fire and stuff. But they tortured uh, the Templars, okay? Because the Templars were you know knew the truth they were they were bringing out the truth that they found in uh in uh in Jerusalem you know and uh well I think it, you'll find parallels of that in David Morehouse's story because he was the one that actually brought out this this technology of remote viewing and the fact that it was being used and kept secret by the military and he yeah. suffered a great deal in well, response do. to doing really that. you must have gone through some serious uh um, moments as well, I'm sure, being a, a, an apostle of, uh, of that uh, philosophy. Well, you have to yeah. understand, you know, when you bring out the truth, um, there are a lot of people that don't want people to know the truth. They don't want to know and it. And our it government, does. unfortunately, seems to believe that uh, it's better for them to hide the truth than to be oh, up yeah. front and be honest with people and tell the truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, God, people I are smart. They can understand the truth. Exactly. And trying to hide it from them is just the wrong way to go. But that's one of the nice things about remote viewing is that you cannot hide anything from a remote viewer. The remote viewer <laughs> is always going to tell the truth. Well, right. if you could imagine that remote viewing being psychic, being yeah. taught in elementary schools across the country, we wouldn't have the society that we have today. Oh, at all. we certainly wouldn't. We certainly so wouldn't. It would be a completely different, completely different paradigm there. You know, the really interesting thing is that children are very good at learning remote viewing. Some of the best remote viewing sessions that were done in Dave's classes were done by kids. Wow. Because they don't have that preconceived notion that we do as adults. You know what? I can't believe it. It's almost 9 o'clock. Thank you for for being with us this long. It's been a fascinating uh, talk. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, we enjoyed speaking with you. I would like you to tell the folks that are listening where they can get your book. Um, the book, A Sorcerer's Apprentice, A Skeptic's Journey into the CAA's Project Stargate, is available on Amazon. Uh, it's also available in Kindle and Nook um, format. And you can also uh, visit my website at www.asorcererapprentice.com. And I hope you get loads and loads of hits and sell lots and lots of books. It's been great talking to you, and we appreciate having you for hey, you got a good publisher, too. you got uh, Trying Day, which uh, work, work hard for you. So, um, well, thank you very much. Well, good luck. Good luck in all your Thank you again. And, uh, you know. Make the world a better place for us. Yeah, and keep, and keep I will try doing. and do that. Okay. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Bye-bye, Don. Good night. And again, good night, Don. 
And again, you can go to asorcerersrepentance.com. And you can go to John's website at www.asorcerersapprentice.com or on Amazon. So get his book. Yeah, and I want to thank everybody for joining us, and we wish you, uh, and uh, join us tomorrow night when we discuss, uh, when we talk about uh, uh, union issues, and uh, we will be with you. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please, uh, you know, pass it around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Good night, folks. Tell your friends about it. Enjoy the rest of your evening. So long, everyone.